Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. Hey, this is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson, and we're back on schedule after two weeks of hearing some great Run Club members. Members sharing their stories directly, which means joining me once again is Run for God founder Mitchell Hollis. Been off for two weeks. I know, crazy, right? Yeah, it's uh, but man, I tell you what, I listened to Elizabeth's story uh, or her podcast this past week. Um, haven't listened to Val's yet. Hers comes out this coming Monday as of this recording. But wow, I, I mean, I love to take a back seat yeah. to these kind of stories to actually hear live uh, some of our Run Club members tell their stories. It's um, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, it's pretty cool to hear stuff right from the. I don't also. You say the horse's mouth. It sounds terrible, doesn't yeah, it? But it does. <laughs> you know where I mean. did that term ever come from? By the way, I don't. I'm not sure. That's a yeah. good question. But it's it's so cool to see because you know Val and Tom were were here, and I saw how nervous she was. I could I could sense how nervous Elizabeth was when she showed up here. But to see people and Elizabeth actually had her uh, comfort zone shirt on, which was pretty cool because. She, she was stepping out there. Yeah. She was nervous, uh, but she did great. Yeah. I mean, you would never know it. Well, and that's what I say. That's a testament to you. I tell everybody that comes in here, Dean is really good at making it become just a conversation. And really, that's all it is. So, you know, for everybody out there listening, maybe they've thought about coming to Dalton to share their story, which we want them to. But it's not nearly as intimidating as you think it is. Um, this is not an intimidating room. Dean is not intimidating to sit in. It is basically five minutes into it, you forget these microphones are here. You know what it's like? It's like running a race. You know how you get really nervous before a race, and then once the gun goes off, yeah. all that nervousness goes out the window, and you just do what you And you're like, what was I nervous about? Yeah. 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 That's so, exactly uh, the same They thing. did a really, really good job. I can't wait to hear Val's uh, this coming week. But hey, before we get started, let's talk about our... Um, Sponsor for this week, one of our favorites, Front Runner Athletics. As followers, we're told to put on the whole armor of God. And as a runner, you also have gear you need to put on to protect yourself from injuries and aches and pains. Front Runner Athletics is a family-owned running specialty store that helps fit you for quality gear that will help you run and not grow weary. They're also longtime supporters of Run for God. Uh, visit Front Runner locally in Chattanooga on Hickson Pike for a complimentary fitting or online at frontrunnerathletics.com. Mention Run for God 10 or RFG 10 and get a 10% discount on your order. Uh, I was emailing back and forth with Chad. They're putting a team together to come to the J-Fest race um, just this week. Um, Great, great people. And they've got a great online presence, too. So no matter where you live, you can go check them out at frontrunnerathletics.com. Yeah, good bunch of folks. All right, so we had a Facebook post from last week that I liked, and this one comes from Rita Porter. Um, and it, this is kind of a question. We see a lot of this, and so I thought this would be a good thing to share. It says, 
I'd really like your thoughts. I've been pretty consistent with my interval training. After my half in February, I had two 10Ks, March and April. All of these were walking, jogging intervals. My knee irritation increased, and it didn't decrease when I backed off my schedule. When I went to an orthopedic doctor who told me to stop jogging and use a, a lighter weights, excuse me, to use lighter weights when squatting, he gave me a steroid shot, and I see him again in a few weeks for a shot to lubricate the joint. Fortunately, nothing is wrong with my joint. He basically said my knee didn't like the activity, and I had less lubrication and cushioning due to aging. Probably some other aging issues, too. He said if I felt the urge to jog, I should walk faster. Otherwise, he was supportive of my routine. I am grateful nothing was really wrong, but disappointed or discouraged about his advice to not jog. I think my discouragement is because I would like to do a full marathon at some point. I am worried that I may not finish in the allotted time if I factor in slowing down towards the end. What are your thoughts about the doctor's advice? And she puts in parentheses, I plan on being compliant. And about walking the marathon in the allocated time. Have any of our walkers finished? Well, I've got two things, really three things. Number one, yes, you can finish a marathon in the allotted time, especially if it's the eight-hour time, um, which some of the races have. Yes, you can do that. And if that's what you want to do, that's great. Mm-hmm. On the doctor front, okay, first let's let's put our disclaimer out there. You or I are not physicians. We Correct. don't claim to be physicians. We've never went to school for any kind of physician, anything. But we do have a lot of knowledge here mm-hmm. uh, in this area and the first thing I would say is you know, I, I'm gonna say we have a we have a, a group here in our community and you know this as well as I know this some of the doctors in that group there's several doctors in this group and some of the doctors you will go to and they will say stop running mm-hmm. and then other doctors will tell you um, Ways to maybe change what you're doing, but still keep running and offer up some. Some doctors are pro running, and some doctors are anti running. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact. Yep. Um, so I, I'm not saying go against what your doctor is saying. That is not what I'm saying. So don't hear what I'm not saying. But I would encourage you, anybody out there, to get a second opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good in any case. You know, if if a doctor is asking you to change your lifestyle. That usually warrants a second opinion. I yeah. mean, that's just that's just good to do that because I mean there are things out there. Where, you know, le- knees are a common thing that we hear. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm having knee issue right mm-hmm. now. That that is a very common thing as you age. But I think you and I are both of the opinion it is not because of running. Right. A lot of well, I. Sh- I'm gonna I'm gonna preface that by saying sometimes it could be, yeah. But for a lot of times it's not when doctors say that it is. I mean, there's things like glucosamine, you know. I mean, joints not being as lubricated when you're 16, when you're 60 is a common thing. That is <laughs> that is just a common thing. So I would say number one, if you want to walk and do the marathon, you can absolutely do that. But number two. You may want to get a second opinion and and just kind of weigh the two um, because 
Some people are pro-running. Some people are anti-running. That's for sure. And the other thing, too, that I would say here is we see this all the time, right? We see high school athletes who have shin splints, a regular problem with shin splints. I have a regular problem with with a muscle in my glute that continues to give me hard times. Um, I've had calf problems in the past. I've shared on here what I've done for that. You know, I, I do some exercises, and I do them vigilantly. And if I do, I have no calf problems. If I stop doing it for a while they'll come back mm-hmm. uh, the same thing goes for the problem with my glute i know what i can do sure. to make it better but it does take some extra work right. and so there's a lot of things out there and in this case this knee issue it may be that you need to do some extra stretching you may need the glucosamine you may need to do some extra exercises but there's probably something out there that can help keep you able to do it Again, like you said, it's okay if you want to walk and you don't mind walking, and that that's great. That's fantastic. But if you really, really want to run, there's probably – and here's the what I would say is find a physical therapist. Right. A lot of times physical therapists have a whole different angle on these things sure. than the doctors do. Not that the doctors are wrong, but the physical therapists are always trying to find ways to get you more active. Yeah, and, and I want to say this. A lot of times – a lot of times the doctors are right. Stopping running will make your knee feel better. Yeah. But it's not fixing the problem. So in the case of somebody who may be like if they're 50 pounds overweight and they're getting into running, there's a good chance your knees are going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but not running is not the answer. You you need to do something to lose the weight, and that will help. The running, the running is not what's causing; it's the extra weight, yep. and we see this a lot. So you yep. may you may need to adjust what you're doing. Maybe you do need to walk for the first 5K challenge mm-hmm. and, and start to drop some of that weight, and then go back into running. But every everybody is very different here. Mm-hmm. So to say stop running is the answer, it may be, but there's a good chance it's not. So right. you, you really need to. If you have a doctor that just says stop running and doesn't offer anything else up, then you may need to get a second opinion. But again, we are not doctors, but we do see this a lot. I remember having, I had plantar fasciitis for nine months. I guarantee you that if I had gone to a doctor during that time and told them, it's been six months and I've got this plantar fasciitis, a doctor would have told me, you have to quit running. Your body's you're too old. You're not. You got too many miles on you. Right. You know. Well, today I'm plantar fasciitis free. Right. I know what to do to prevent it. And it took me a long time to figure out how to to do it and what I needed to do. But keep keep being keep looking for. Solutions. Yeah, because it's not. And and this is going to sound so weird to say this, and I may get some mail because of this. But a lot of times it's it's not it's it's not real scientific. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to use an example. When I was 20 years old, I got my real estate license. and Or I got my appraisal license. I had my real estate license when I was 18. I got my appraisal license when I was 20 years old. And I was in um, Atlanta, Georgia, getting my cla- doing my class. And, and the guy teaching the class, he was an appraiser for like 40 years. And I was soaking up everything, this knowledge. And he said, uh, when doing an appraisal, an appraisal is the value of a home. He said... I don't give any extra money 
I don't give any extra value for solid surface countertops. So like granite, Corian, things like much more expensive countertops. Yeah. And uh, he said, I don't give any more weight to solid surface countertops. And I was like, wow. And he said, I'm going to tell you why. And I've got my pad of paper out and I'm, I'm ready to write this down. And he said, because I don't like them. <laughs> really, that was his answer. And yeah. it's, it, it goes to show how subjective yeah. some things are. So, and I think in the case of what we're talking about, running, not running, it really can fall to the doctor's background. Yeah. And, and this, we're not bashing orthopedics or no. any doctor. We need them. But, but we do see that a lot where they just say, stop running, and that's it. Yep. Um, you. If if that is the doctor's answer, you need to be educated yeah. on that answer, yeah. not just take it for face value. Well, and the good news in this case for this particular doctor, he did say, well, "I want you to keep being active." Sure. So that that's yeah. that's always good to see. All right. How about our trivia question from last week? Since we had been talking so much about walking with Val, we had this question: What is the longest walkable? Road in the world. Of course, walkable also means runnable, right? Well, the longest road in the world is 14,000 miles long. That's the longest walkable road. Now, there is one road that's longer than that, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But this particular road is 14,000 miles long. And this is what I found. It says the longest walkable road of the world is from Cape Town to Magdan, Russia. There are bridges across rivers. No boat or air journey is required. It is 22,000 kilometers long, takes 587 days to cover for a person walking eight hours a day, covers 17 countries, six time zones, and the traveler will experience all the seasons and weathers of the world in this journey. So interesting. I mean, you look at the map. There's a there's we have a, yeah. a, a map here of it, and it, it. I mean, it goes from the the tip of basically the tip of Russia all the way through Russia, down through the Middle East, down into Africa, and all the way down to South Africa. Yeah, and you mentioned this in your notes. There is no way I'd want to walk that though. I mean, it yes. goes some pretty sketchy places it, it does and you don't want to yeah uh, just walking through russia alone is enough to say nope not me yeah but, <laughs> well you got sudan i see turkey there's parts of turkey that you wouldn't want to be in yeah. sudan south sudan yeah um man yeah but i wonder i bet that road takes on all forms too oh i'm sure i bet it's dirt in places and major highway in places and i'm um, sure that's pretty cool though it's interesting yeah so that's one answer. The other answer that I would accept um, if somebody was answering this is the Pan-American Highway. The Pan-American Highway is 1,000 to 5,000 miles longer, but it requires a ferry to cover one 66-mile stretch of that particular. Um, and what does it mean is one to 5,000 miles know, right? longer? That's, that's a big gap. Yeah, well, <laughs> what I was reading about it was it sounds like there are arguments over where the road stops, where it ends. Mm. And so for some people, I think they think the road goes down one particular way and another group thinks the road goes another particular way. But, yeah, it's a big difference. <laughs> um, but definitely still longer. It starts way up in Prudhoe Bay, Alaska, comes all the way down through Alaska, all the way through Canada, through the United States, down um, into uh, through Mexico and into South America. And all the way down to the bottom of South America. I believe 
you know, I, I always like to listen to this rock group named Rush and the drummer for Rush. They had they had pretty much retired, and he got on a motorcycle and rode that. I, I believe it was that entire length. Really, on his motorcycle, took a couple of years to do it, and um, so interesting. But again, both of these routes cause different problems. The one in um, we, we talked about the dangerousness of the the one that starts in Russia. Um, but the one that goes through the Americas is probably better from a political standpoint <laughs> as far as walking down through there. But there's a section called the Darien Gap between Panama and Colombia um, right there on that border. And it's really swampy and it's, it would be really difficult to try to navigate on foot. Some people have done it, but it's really it's it's way more of a adventure hike than it is a walk. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's why you have to take a ferry to go around it. Um, but really interesting to know that there are routes that are that long. It's twenty four thousand miles around the equator, right? If you yeah. if you go all the way around the world on the the longest point on the Earth, and this is close. These two roads are closer to going around the equator than it is to go across the United States. Wow, that that gives you some perspective. Yeah, on how long that is. So. And talking about walking, we now have walking T-shirts, don't we? We do. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, I forgot. We I haven't been on here since we since we made those presentations. But yeah, you know, we get so many requests throughout the year of hey, you need this, you need this, and and while we think all of them are great requests, we just simply don't have the room to stock a lot of that stuff. Well, for years, people have been reaching out about the walking T-shirts, and um, so. I don't know. It's probably been almost a year ago. Val, uh, who was on here last week, sent me um, an email and said, you really need to think about the walking T-shirt. And for whatever reason, I started that email. And when I started an email, that means I'm going to come back to it. Um, And so I sat there and looked at that email for months. And uh, so finally, we decided we we all sat in here and, you know, designed it and laid it out and came up with with a good shirt and... uh, and so this at the Run Run for God weekend, we got to present Val and Tom with the very first walking T-shirts, and so they're online now, which is pretty cool. Um, but a funny thing happened that weekend. You know, we had already got the shirts, and we were planning on making the presentation to uh, Val and Tom. Well, Madonna showed up, and uh, her mom was with her, and her mom. I got to talking to her mom, and her mom was like, "Yeah, I'm not a runner. I'm just a walker." And I said, "Are you?" you coming to tonight's event in Cahutta? She said, yes. I said, well, I have something for you. And so not only did Val and Tom get one, but we gave one to Val's mom, who I just call mom. Madonna's mom. Madonna's yeah. mom. I just call her mom. Yeah. And uh, that's how I know her name now. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty cool. But they're yeah. online now. Go to runforgod.com, go to the store, and you'll see the uh, – it says, Ask Me Why I Walk on the front of them. And yeah. it's um, – Pretty thought provoking, and uh, yeah, they've been flying off the shelf. Great, so, that's yeah. good to see. Glad to have all of our walkers. You know that moment when you're running, and you settle into that perfect pace, and then the next song comes on. Don't let that happen again. With the new J Radio, you can trust us to make sure that the next song in your playlist will help you keep up that pace. Check out the radioactive station on J Radio for all different genres of workout music handpicked for you while you run. Start listening now at jradio.com. 
right, we're back. You know, I've been I've been reading something that is very non-biblical. Matter of fact, it's probably anti-biblical. But I like to I like to catch all sides of things, and I think that's important. So I'm reading a book that's called God's Debris, and it's kind of fascinating. But it's about um, these two guys that meet up and they start talking. One of them's kind of a guru kind of guy that's got all these deep thoughts, and the other guy's just a, a delivery guy. And they just start talking about who God is. And it's very interesting because it's written by a guy who clearly is he's an atheist, and it's interesting what it, it's some good insight into what atheists think about what Christians believe. Mm-hmm. Because he's so off base on so much of what he uses as his groundwork. In other words, he, he basically infers what Christians think. And um, it's, it's kind of interesting because he's just, he's just wrong about it. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting nonetheless. And so uh, I don't know why I brought that up, but it's just interesting. So it's called God's Debris. Yeah, I mean, it's, we, we've talked about this on here before is so many times we've, we've got to and I, and I think it is important to learn about other religions, other beliefs, because so many times you have to understand where somebody else is coming from mm-hmm. before you can get them to come to your side. That's right. And, uh, you know, gone are the days. Well, I don't think the days were ever there, but especially nowadays of just pointing your finger and saying you're wrong. Um, yeah. That just doesn't work in our society today. And so you have to find... You have to be able to find common ground with somebody. Yeah. You know, I, I've talked about the gentleman, William, well, I'm not going to say his last name, um, who I became friends with, who is an atheist. And mm-hmm. um, his daughter was on the same triathlon team as Lane. And uh, we found common ground with photography. Yeah. And we became great friends. And, and I, I hope to this day we don't really talk very much because they're on different teams now. And, um, but yeah, it's we shouldn't we shouldn't just completely shut others out who don't believe in what that's the problem with a lot of our society today mm-hmm. is is we're just drawing lines and and we we have a line as Christians we do have a line that's sure. for sure. sure but you you've got to extend an olive branch sometimes to people who believe different than different than you do because that's. To me, that's the most effective way to win somebody to Christ is to have a dialogue with yeah, them and, sure. and not shout and say you're wrong. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about something else. You know, this podcast is typically about an hour and a half long. Mm-hmm. And so I thought this would be a good thing for us to talk about. Um, we want to get some feedback on what everybody thinks about it. We've heard some people say the podcast is too long. Yep. So we'd like to hear from you. Do you think the podcast is too long? Is that something that's on your mind? Um, is, or or is, it, is it too short? Is it, you know, what do you like that we cover? What yeah. do you not like that we cover? Um, what do you want to see more of? What would you like to see less of? Right. And then, um, you know, should we take this podcast and split it into two different podcasts? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and release two podcasts during the week and just same content. Yeah. Two different ways. You know, one focused one way and one focused a little bit different. Um, anyway, I'm a big believer in constructive feedback. I know you are, sure. too. Yeah. And so um, we always say we don't have this thing figured out. That is for sure. Uh, but the, but the thing, the nice thing about podcasts is they do take so many forms. Yeah. You know, I listen to some podcasts that are 
an hour and a half, two hours, and I listen to some podcasts that are 45 minutes. And so, but if that 45-minute podcast grew to an hour and a half, I probably wouldn't listen to it. Yeah. It's just different content. It hits people different. So, yeah, I mean, we, we really want to know what the people listening to this think. Yep. We really do. And, yep. you know, if you say, stop talking about whatever, we've had those comments recently. Yeah. And, you know, I think about it and I'm like, you know, he's right. You yep. know, we, we, we kind of get in a groove and we, we talk about certain things. And, yep. um, but yeah, we, we are very open to constructive criticism. For sure. Now, it doesn't mean that, you know, one person tells us they, they don't like this one thing or one person tells us they, they like this other thing. It doesn't mean we will or won't, but sure. we'd like to hear some feedback. So you can send that to dean at runforgod.com. Tell us a little bit about yourself too mm-hmm. when you do that so we kind of know what, how you, what you, who you are sure. in relation to our audience. Are you a, a long time runner? Are you a new runner? You, you know, what, wh- a little bit about you, right. uh, age and that, and that kind of thing. Uh, because it would be nice to, to figure out a way to target this. We want this to be the best it can be for you. Sure. Not necessarily for us. We have so. no plans of stopping. Yeah, that's right. right. (laughs) So we want to make it better. I don't think either one of us ever thought we'd be doing this. (laughs) That is for sure. What are we on, 164 now? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. We didn't even know what a podcast was five or six years ago. No, no. But, I mean, it's it's about all I listen to now. Yeah. Um, Because you can just get the content that is very specific to what you're wanting to learn about, hear about, whatever. And, um yeah, I just I love podcast, yeah. and I think it's great that people are tuning in more and more to this podcast. And so, we want to do our part in making it better and better and better, and giving you guys the content that you want to hear for sure. All right, now if you're out there and you haven't shared your story with us yet, and you have a story to share with us, make sure you do that soon. We're going to talk about Anne Marie DeMaio. I think that's the way you say her name, her story, um, and it's a great story. And you probably have one too, and uh, we need you to share that with us because we need we need some more stories. Well, I'm we're just going to say we had a couple guys that uh, we were we've been in some meetings lately, and some people ask us, you know, kind of who our target audience is, why we do what we do, and I sent this this morning to two guys, and I said, this is why we do what we do. This story right here, yeah, it's just. Uh, it's great. That's exactly right. Again, Anne Marie DeMaio. This one is called Pick Up and Run. I am 71. This is my first 5K, and I have severe COPD, asthma, and emphysema. I didn't think there was any way I could run a 5K with my bad lungs. Coach Karen H. said I didn't have to run. I could walk. But I was still reluctant. Then I sat back and remembered how God got me through paralysis, a coma, and a heart attack last year. Then God reminded me that I survived a brain tumor and that I am a breast cancer survivor. With Karen's encouragement and prayer, I knew God had me in his palm and could carry me through the training. My heart wanted to be part of this, so I started the 12 weeks of workouts. Initially, I struggled even with a simple walk and needed to use my rescue inhalers to breathe. Simply walking was going to be very difficult. I mean, my lungs hurt and I was gasping, but I called to him and I knew he wanted me to do this. Then something incredible happened. Suddenly, during, I think, week four training or thereabouts, I heard him say, pick up your feet and run. I did. 
and I ran. It wasn't easy at first. I struggled. But God lifted my feet and breathed air into my lungs, and I haven't used my rescue inhaler since. And it gets even better. I have actually stopped my daily nebulizer and am breathing great. I couldn't go to Dalton, sadly, but I did run a 5K in Wilmington, North Carolina called Run for Hope, and I placed third in my age group. I run for his glory. Oh, yeah, one more thing. Satan tried to stop me from glorifying the Lord. I injured my knee about a week before the race, but praise the Lord, he shined every step. I wrapped the knee and ran for him. I've grown closer to him through this journey, and his light shines bright every step. All for his glory. He ran this race. Praise the Lord. Okay, so I just, there's there's something that just sticks out to me, glaring about this story, and I love it. Because how many times do we hear excuses? We have our own excuses about a workout or whatever. This lady, Anne-Marie, she's had COPD, asthma, emphysema, paralysis, a coma, a heart attack, brain tumor, and breast cancer. What is your excuse? (laughs) I mean, really? Yes. I mean, this is always, it seems like it's been within just the past few years. Yeah. And... Every Actually, 71. Speaking of doctors, I mean, most doctors would say, oh, you probably shouldn't be running. That's right. <laughs> I mean, really? You're 100%. But, wow. And to give all the glory to God, that's why I sent this story to those two guys this morning. This is what Run for God is all about. Yes. It's taking something that we can't do. She couldn't do this. She says she couldn't do this. Doctors would probably say, you don't need to do that. But God. Yeah. I mean, this is just good stuff. Yeah, great story. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. She says, I didn't question him. I trusted he would allow me to run and breathe. And he did. You know, people ask the question a lot of times, how do do you know when it's God talking? How do you know? And I've always said, when it advances his kingdom... When it's out of your comfort zone and when it doesn't make sense, (laughs) chances are that's God talking. And that was definitely this case. Run. You know, for a lady who, I'll say it again, she had COPD, asthma, emphysema, paralysis, a coma, heart attack, brain tumor, and survived breast cancer. Go run. Chances are that's God. (laughs) Because it doesn't make sense. That's right. And, yeah, I mean, that is kind of my litmus test a lot of times. Now, God speaks at other times when it does make sense but a lot of times those are the scariest times and those are the times when we're looking for an excuse but chances are that it is God talking and a lot of times those are the biggest breakthroughs yeah those are when God uses us the most and it's when we're at the end of what we can do that's right and you know what else helps that I can't help but notice in this story too is it took one person saying, hey, why don't you try this? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? A lot of times, all we need is a little bit of a nudge, and it sounds like that's all she needed was a little bit of a nudge. Somebody saying, come on, why don't you come join us? You can just walk. You'll be fine, but come on and join us. It'll be good for you. And uh, we can be such an encouragement to those around us. And look at the story that came out of, uh, hey, why don't you come join us? Yeah. You know? I mean, I think that's pretty cool. Sometimes the first step is the hardest and then once you take that first step, I think that God is looking for us 
to take that step of faith mm-hmm. before he's ready to go, okay, now watch this. Mm-hmm. She took that first step. It was really, really hard at the beginning. And then a few weeks in, God's like, all right, now let me show you what I can do. Mm-hmm. And he said, I want you to run. And, you know, of course, I can imagine in her brain, it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but she did it. She did it. And it was pretty incredible. <laughs> and, of course, I see this. I can identify with this lady so much because I see this in my own household, right? Debbie yeah. has has lung issues. Same thing, and, yeah. And I know what it's like. I know how hard it is for her to do some things. And um, <laughs> this is far tougher even than she lets on. It, yeah. it, it's really, really tough. And um, But again, some faith. Debbie's really good about saying, God will get me through whatever it is that's in mm-hmm. front of her. And, you know, she's been doing this thing with the, she gets in 10,000 steps every day. She's been doing that for um, over, what's it been, a year now? And then she's, um, for the second time, and then right now she's sick, right? She's been really sick. I don't know if she has the flu or what she's got right now, but it's pretty bad. And she's still getting in 10,000 steps every day. Good for she her. may have to do it 100 steps at a time. But she's doing it. But just like just like Debbie doing those ten thousand steps when she doesn't feel like it, just like Anne Marie doing all this when everything says she shouldn't be doing it. Think about what that does to your spirit and the endurance and the fortitude that it builds up in your body to when the devil throws something at you that would crush most people. Yep. It's like is that all you got? Yeah. I mean, really, because when, when you've endured something like what Anne-Marie's done, what, what Debbie deals with, with her breathing, these extreme stories, number one, it, it, it increases their faith when mm. things come along. But that's why these stories are so important. Reading this story, I mean, this, this gave me a high this morning reading yeah. it. And we read these things every week. Mm-hmm. But the sharing this... Keeping you quiet is what the devil wants. That's right. So if you're out there and you're saying, you may have a story like Amory's, you're not, nobody wants to hear that. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Because this will encourage others who may be going through the same. There may be another Anne-Marie out there right now who's dealing with the same type of stuff. This is encouraging that person to realize, you know what? I can do this because she did it. That's right. Yep. Joshua 1 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. She says, I will stand by you. He never left my side. He did he did that run with me. Um it because you know this becomes difficult because there are times God tells us He's going to be with us, but there are times when we feel like God's not there. And a, a good example that I can think of is when I was a kid, I remember learning to ride a bike. My father's out there in the in the road with me, and he's got his hand on the seat as I'm riding, and he's trying to kind of keep me upright and, and tell me what to do. And, you know, the typical kid learning how to ride a bike thing. And so I, I'm working on that. And, of course, it's scary because you know that all you do, you make one wrong move, and boom, you're on the ground, and, you know, you can get hurt. And I remember when finally I finally figured it out and I pulled away from him. He takes his hand off the seat and I start riding. And 
all of a sudden I'm riding and he's he can't he can't keep up with me. He's back back there, right? And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I'm on my own. Mm-hmm. And now I had another problem because the road is too narrow for me to turn around and go back. Mm-hmm. So what did I do? I rode around the block because <laughs> because I, I couldn't figure Can't out. Stop. I, yeah, yeah, I had to keep going. Yeah. And so I did. I rode all the way around the block. And here's the thing. While I was riding around the block, my dad wasn't with me. Mm-hmm. He wasn't right there next to me. He didn't have his hand on my seat. But he knew where I was, mm-hmm. and he was ready if anything should happen to be right there on the spot when mm-hmm. I needed him. And I came, I went around that block, did that thing on my own. I came back around, and where is he? He's standing there waiting for me, mm-hmm. and, and glad that he, could, he 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 watched me do that, and he was proud of me yeah. for riding around that block. That's the way God is with us. That's good stuff. Yeah. He just wants us to. Doing the things that God asks us to do, that's what. That's why Joshua on one mind is here. Yeah. Sometimes it's going to be so scary, it just freaks us out. But we talked about it, you know, it's like it's like right before the race sometimes. We're so, everything in us is saying, don't do this, Regis, it's going to hurt. We just need to get back in the car and go home. But the minute that gun fires and you take five steps, all that goes away. And that's that is so many times when doing the things that God is calling you to do that just scare the bejesus out of us. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we start doing it, it's like God will give you that peace that oh, this is it's kind of like that very first run for God class. Yeah. I was so scared, so out of my comfort zone. And that first night I asked that first question, why are you here? And it's like the presence of God just moved in. And I was like, within 10 minutes of that first class, I was like, this is right. Yeah. And that's that's how God works. He yeah. He wants to push you out of that comfort zone. Yep. Yep. But then he'll be right there. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, sometimes it's really easy to say that, that God is lighting up this path for me. and But it's not as easy to do it. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of people who say, I follow what this Bible says, but then they use it to distort what the Bible actually says. Um, but these, as people justify things that are unjustifiable um, and then claim to be able to use the Bible to do it, actually, I think that living by what the Bible says is not that easy. But the lamp that it talks about here in Psalms makes it easier because here's what the the lamp does. And this is why I think this is so important. People who take things that the Bible says and they distort it or they expand it into things that are not meant to be there, they do that because they're not looking at the path that's lit with the lamp. They're looking into the darkness Mm -hmm. and they're seeing things in that darkness. Mm -hmm. And if we'll just look at the path that God has lit for us, we'll walk a lot closer with him. Mm-hmm. But we, for whatever reason, <laughs> we want to venture out there into that darkness. It, yeah, we, we talk about the streetlights a lot on here. God mm-hmm. God will light up a streetlight and say, come work right here. And then he'll light up another streetlight and he'll say, come work right here. Well, you're right. What we do a lot of times, we start looking out in the darkness and what do we do? We grab the flashlight out of our back pocket. <laughs> yeah, like right. We're going to, you know... We need to see what's next, and that's where we get in tr- Use God's light. Don't pull the flashlight out of your back pocket. Mm-hmm. We can't help God. We can't help God. 
But so many times I do it, you do it, we all think, well, I'm not hearing from God on this one particular thing, so I'm going to make it happen. That can't be true. It's not true. It won't work. Sometimes we just got to sit and shut our mouths and wait on God, and He will light our path. His Word promises it right here. But sometimes that path out in front of us is dark, which Mm -hmm. means stay right where you're at and do what God's called you to do right here. makes me think about GPS and how, you know, when you have the GPS up on your phone, you only see the portion that's right there in front of your car, right? right? You don't, there's a whole, there's a whole distance out. It's mapped out and it's going to get you where you want to go, but your phone is only showing you that immediate portion in front of you. Well, if you decide, hey, I want to go down this road and see where it goes. Well, now your trip just became longer, mm-hmm. and heaven knows if you're headed in the right direction or not, but that's kind of what we're doing. We have the Bible is lighting this path like that GPS map on our phone, and we're deciding to, to take a turn that it's not telling us to take. But you know the cool thing about God? We've never connected these dots. God is like that GPS. What happens when we take that wrong turn and we decide we're going to take this shortcut, that it's not a shortcut? He reroutes us. It recalculates. Yep. And that's exactly what God does. And, you know, I used to do that with a GPS. I would punch it in and it would say, your fastest route is this way. And I'm like, no, GPS don't understand. This way is quicker. And I go five miles down the road and there's a wreck and all lanes of the interstate are blocked. And now nowadays, I just I just do what the GPS says because, which is kind of scary if you really think about it. But but I do. I've learned that that GPS, right or wrong, it knows the traffic patterns best, and you just need to follow it. Yep. Yep. She says this. I really question why God keeps blessing me. I'm no one, and yet He keeps pouring His love over me. I am so blessed. That was her. That was her question. Not really a question, um, but it's a great statement, right? The Bible tells us basically that we are all bad people, and that's what she's recognizing here. She's looking at that Bible. She's looking at that lamp, that path that she has, and she's saying. The Bible tells me I'm a nobody. The Bible, not that I'm a nobody, but the Bible tells me that I'm a sinner. Yeah, I've done bad things. Yeah. I have bad tendencies. Right. But God yeah. still. The but the but's the important yes. part because I would argue the Bible doesn't say we're bad people. It's we're children of God. We are made in God's image. We've done bad things. Right. We we tend to do bad things. Yes. But poor choice God. of words on my part. Yeah. But yes. yeah, I mean, because I, I push back on her her statement. I am no one. Yes, you are. Mm. We are someone. Now, we don't deserve that title, but we get it nonetheless. We're yeah. children of God, which yeah. makes us somebody for yep. sure. Yeah, I, I, and I say this all the time. I have no idea why God chooses to bless me. I feel yeah. the exact. But what she wrote there is exactly how I feel. Very often, I'm like, I, I just, God. I, I mean, I, there's times where I sit alone and just revel in the idea that God has blessed me as much as He has. It's just so hard to believe sometimes. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it really, really is. What is it, that song, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody yeah. who saved my soul? That's right, yeah. Um, but 
the the fact the the statement we are just nobody is fault. Yeah, it you, is. you're right. You're right. You're right. Well, you know, I've always wondered why God allows people who don't really believe in Him, who don't do what He asks, why He why He allows them to be blessed. Wouldn't it be so much more evident? evidence of God if the if he blessed richly all those people who believed in him and then he punished all those people who don't believe in him wouldn't that make it much better as far as the evidence of God and I think then all of those people who aren't Christians would go wait look he's blessing these people over here so that they must they must be into something onto something but the truth is, that's not the way it works, right? It's, yeah, first think, of all, it's not the way it works. But here's what I think. I think that God allows wicked people, for lack of a better term, to prosper, to give us an, a powerful illustration. So if you wonder why it is that bad people prosper, well, what drives that thought, right? What, what drives the thought of, I wonder why... This person over here who does these evil, terrible things, you know, is a billionaire. And you think that just doesn't seem right. But here's well, again, what, what's driving our, our thought is it's envy, right? It's we want to be that person. We and, and it's just one more illustration of God showing that we are sinners and we need him because our thoughts don't go in the direction that God would want us to be. It's one more opportunity for us to move that. We were just talking about somebody who I don't. I don't want to get into too much and, and divulge what we what it is we were talking about. But somebody who was looking at something that was that was bad, that an evil person doing an evil thing, and the first thought on their their mind was, I want that person to pay for what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I want something bad to happen to that person for what they're doing. And then his next thought was, he took a step back and thought. That's not. I don't want to be that. I don't want to think that. I don't want to be that person who thinks that. That's a terrible thought. I've got to be. That person has somebody who loves them, and when people, when when these people who are bad people benefit from society in general, that allows us to have that kind of compassion to look at that person and and to not say I want bad things to happen to that person, but that person needs God. You're, you're right. Envy is envy is the the word, the hot button word I'm hearing here because I think what we've done as a society, and you, you kind of went back and forth even in your comment, and I do the same thing. We we interchange blessed and prosper. Yes, and it's two different things. Yeah, we we equate prosperity to being blessed, which is so far from the truth. That's true. And it's you know we can see millionaires and billionaires, and we think, oh man, they've got it all together, and then they commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Being prosperous does not equate to being blessed, and but that's where society tries to put them on the equal playing field. I mean, we're reading that's radical a, right that's now. Flawed thinking. Yeah, we're reading radical now, and we're hearing about people who are incredibly blessed who don't know where their next meal is coming from, and we, we're reading about people who are incredibly prosperous who are putting a gun to their head, mm. and those two are not equal. And if God has you in what society would call poverty, which if 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 you have a full time job in America worldwide, you're wealthy, period. Quit looking at what people have. 
quit looking at what people do, what their Instagram feed is showing, and equating that to be blessed. Mm. You can be, you can make, what is minimum wage? $12? I don't even know. You can be making minimum wage and be one of the most blessed people in America. Absolutely. That is a fact. So we need, as Christians, we need to stop looking at that person and and trying to put some kind of they are more holy than me because they're prosperous. Yeah. Prosperous, I, I'm putting that in the term of financial, doesn't mean anything. Look at most of the Sometimes people that we the read about in Scripture. You know, Jesus didn't know where he was going to lay his head half the time. Hmm. The most blessed man in history. Yeah. And money is the root of all kinds of evil. Hmm. And we need to understand that having that kind of view of prosperity is one of those roots. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Here's a question. Why does God heal some and not others? You know, I I prayed for my dad to be healed. Mm-hmm. And he was. In Just not the way I thought. That's right. Um, he's healed now and his story lives on. He's He's no longer with us. He's with Jesus. But... I don't know how many people that I've sent Dad's story to that I told um, yeah. because he had a background of alcohol and incredibly redemptive story. But I, I mean, I'm I'm kind of walking through some situations with a friend right now who struggled or has struggled with alcohol in the past, and I'm using my dad's story to do that. And so that is one of the whys that my dad wasn't healed how I wanted him. Yeah. To be because I wouldn't have the opportunity to be walking with this, and that's just one example. Yeah, and there are there are hundreds of others. Sure. I'm sure. Yeah, and people who have listened to his story, yeah. so many. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. Well, you know, here's a question: Why does God make some of us fast and not others? You know, why why can I run a 17 minute 5K and you can run a easy ding 20 something minute 5K? 1956 is my PR. All right, 1956. Uh, but you know, why is that? Right? I mean, yeah. it's just God gives us. We all have different talents. That's right. And you know, God makes some of us good at math. And some of us not so good at math. Some people can remember names as if they're written on their foreheads. I think about Charlie. Charlie. He can yeah. remember names of everybody. I can't remember somebody's name that I I, I talk to every day sometimes. Right. And um, you know, it's just God. It, God. It, it's different for everybody's journey is different. We're there's all a parts reason of the body. It, yeah. Yeah. There's a reason. Well, think for about all. it. If I would have been a fast, accomplished runner, you wouldn't be sitting there. That's true. Because, I mean, I knew I had a flaw. Not a flaw, but I, we needed more running focus on one side of this ministry. And I knew I didn't have really the credentials to do that. So I went out to find a real runner. And I found you. Good heaven. And, <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, it's we, and you, we need to embrace that. You know, there was a time when I, gosh, I wish I could run sub 18 minute 5k and but that's not where god had me yeah. and that's 
that's not where God was going to use me, and we need to embrace that. Yeah. You know, if you if you have if you find joy in walking, but you don't find it in running, but something inside of you is just really wanting to be a runner, but you don't enjoy it, then walk. Yeah. Embrace it. Like I said, there's that there's that stigma that we're trying to get rid of in society that Walker is somehow lesser than. But that is society. There again, yeah. stop listening to society. Absolutely. Last question. God worked incrementally in my case. Why would he do that instead of doing the big things right out of the gate? You mentioned streetlights. Mm-hmm. You know, that's exactly what what this working incrementally thing is. Um, and and the truth is, is that if, if in this class, in this case for Anne-Marie, if the class had been you have to run, no walkers, you have to run, sure. she never would have she never would have started the class. No. Um, so it was very important for her to be moving incrementally in this case. And now look at the story she has. I think back to Jerry's story, you know, Jerry Siegler, who it was a yeoman's task for her to finish that marathon. I mean, it was incredibly difficult for her to finish that marathon. If she had known how bad that was going to hurt before she got started, she probably wouldn't have started. Mm-hmm. But now she's glad she did start, and she's glad for the pain that she had along the way because it made the story so much more fantastic. Oh, yeah. For sure. And uh, there, there's just there, there's so much out there. Um, and, yes, if God did big things, it would be great, right? God performs miracles today. Of course, we, hear, we read about all the miracles in the Bible, but God does miracles today. We hardly hear about them. And I think that's interesting. And I think it all goes back to when we go back and we look in the Bible, we look at Israel and what they did with God performing all these big things right there in their presence and then them turning away from that. It'd be great if God did all these big things every day. That would be fantastic. But it's not going to change people's hearts. And so he knows knows that. And so um, he, he wants us to have it takes more faith. When you don't see those big things. Sure. And I think that's what he wants to see from us. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. We're back <clears throat> running with a cap. You like to run with a cap, don't you? In the summertime, I always wear a cap. I, I yep. don't. I don't. Uh, and I don't. I, I used to wear caps every day when I wasn't a runner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wore a cap every day, and now I hardly ever wear one. Um, but but here's the question: Is does the cap keep you cooler by keeping the sun off of your face, or does it make you hotter because it covers your head? 
I, I don't wear it because I think it makes me cooler. I wear it because it keeps the sweat out of my eyes. Is that it? Yeah. So it's the only reason I wear it. So why not a headband? Because I don't like headbands. <laughs> <laughs> that simple. Yeah. 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 I, nobody know. Nobody knows better. I mean. You know, the thinner your hair is, the more sweat gets you. Yeah, you got a lot of freckles on top of your head. I do. Tell it's been in the sun a lot. Yes, I have, and uh, yeah, been peeling a couple of times. Yeah, yes, but yeah, I I don't like to wear a cap, and I guess I don't know if it just I don't know it doesn't feel good in the summer to me, but I don't know. Yeah, interesting. What about I? You know, I do carry something with me though. I call it my sweat wiper. So I take some of the, you know, brown paper towel stuff you find in my bathrooms and stuff. I take that. I've got a roll of it in my garage. Yeah. And I take that and I fold it up into this, I don't know, it's about three inches by one inch flat piece of. Yeah, I've seen you carrying those. Yeah. And I just, every once in a while, I just reach up and I wipe my forehead and I keep running. Yeah. And it keeps the sweat out of my Well, and also because where we live uh, in the summertime, you got these pesky big biting flies and they it's like they're torpedoes to your head and so if you have a hat on you don't get those as i think about that's a good when you go out of kahula creek and you go down crow you get down into that bottom of that kind of it's kind of a swampy man it's like they're just torpedoes coming out of trees yeah and they hurt you're right you're right so if you wear a hat you don't get those that's true you know down by red clay you know where the trees are close to the road there kind of swampy there yeah Yeah. same thing there yeah they like that swamp that's area. usually where I I'll pick one up there and it'll follow me for a mile. Yeah, and you some if somebody had a video camera cuz you're just swapping and swapping and I've even stopped before and just looked for it and tried to kill it. But, uh, yeah. Probably looked like somebody having a fit, you know, like <laughs> that guy's having a seizure. Call possessed. <laughs> Call the exorcist. Uh, well, how about shirt or no shirt in the summertime? It's funny. We were just talking about this last night. Uh I typically wear a shirt, but in my younger days I didn't because Lane was Lane is mowing. Uh, he, his job this summer is going to be keeping the uh, grass cut at at a project down the road here, and uh, it's a construction site. And um, he was talking about he he hate he was out there for twelve hours yesterday. He had these tan lines, you know, in his arms. And I said, well, just take your shirt off and. You know, you'll get burnt one good time, and then you'll kind of get tanned or whatever. That's the way it was when I was a kid. And he was like, I, I don't, I don't know if they would like that there. And I'm like, listen, those construction sites, I, I remember being on. I mean, those guys, no shirt all summer, and they're drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes. Yeah. And it'd be 110 degrees outside. Yeah. And uh, but they never get burnt. Yeah. You know, it's like their body is so tempered. Yeah. To that, really. but uh, yeah, I typically wear a shirt now just because. Yeah. I hate getting sunburned, yeah. but usually if I get one good sunburn, then you're good. I'm good for the summer, but yeah, yeah. yeah I I, how I've we got a shirt? That, yeah, I don't know. I've worn a shirt a little bit less because um, I saw a friend of mine not wearing one one time, and I thought, well, if he can not wear a shirt, I can wear not wear a shirt. Kevin Roberts, definitely I remember cooler. that story. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> definitely cooler. Now we do want to say. Use sunscreen, um, protect your skin, and uh, don't go crazy with uh, without sunscreen. All right, it is a time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. And I think I referred to this recently, uh, but I thought I would write a story about it. This one is called The Reluctant Bus Driver. I was on a trip to a track meet with our college ladies six hours away from home when our bus driver became violently ill. 
He couldn't spend more than 15 minutes away from the bathroom. We all felt for him, but there was another issue staring us in the face. We were supposed to be competing in the conference championship meet over the ensuing two days, and we didn't have a bus driver to get us to and from the meet. Our ladies had worked all year to get to this point. Were were we going to let a sick bus driver throw us off track? Well, not if I could help it. The track was only a 15-minute drive from our hotel. But I have never driven anything larger than a 14-passenger minibus before. Could I drive us to and from the meet? With some reluctance, I decided to give it a try. I got behind the wheel and drove the behemoth around the large parking lot to get a feel for it. Though the idea of driving in traffic was daunting, I decided to do it. There were some ladies who were counting on competing in a track meet, and that was the only solution I could imagine. The easy road would have been to say, sorry, ladies, these things happen and there's nothing we can do about it. But I didn't want to accept that. I would stay off the interstate highways and take back roads to the track. Surely everything would be okay. As we pulled out of the parking lot that first day, I began to think about how much wider the bus is than what I normally drive. What if I hit something? I would make sure I gave wide berth to anything close to me. I also needed to keep in mind how wide an area I needed to turn. I was careful not to run over any curbs. I thought about how there was a very narrow drive with a pole on one side and a rock on the other that I had to fit through to get the bus into the parking lot. The bus driver had remarked about it on our trip to the track for practice. I was nervous, but I did it. I see so many people paralyzed by fear. They're afraid to try new things because it's uncomfortable. It's almost as if they're waiting for it to become comfortable. But that's not going to happen. I didn't want to drive a bus, but the alternative was athletes not getting to compete. That option was worse. If you're afraid to get outside your comfort zone, what is the alternative? If you don't exercise, it may be your health. Now ask yourself, which is worse, the discomfort of running or walking or having an extra 30 pounds to carry around around, along with all the health issues that come with it? One is a short-lived, uncomfortable feeling. The other can literally be life-threatening. That should make the decision easier. Maybe you don't know what you've been missing, though. If you fear training for a marathon, for example, you don't know what you're missing. Even worse, you know it is going to hurt. It is a whole lot easier to just not try it. But what if what you're missing could change your life for the better? This is where I think it helps to be a little proactive. Go find stories of people who have done it, whatever it is that you're afraid of. You will find tons of stories of people who were reluctant but did it anyway. Do you know what do you know what you won't find? Or, excuse me. Do you know what you won't find? You won't find many stories of people who did it and then said, boy, I wish I'd never done that. If you're reluctant to do something that has the potential uh, to impact your life in a big way, do it anyway. I'm glad I decided to drive the bus, not just because we didn't have any negative incidences, but because we had some great performances. We had two conference champions and one who cried happy tears when she finished because she reached her season goal of standing on the podium. That would not have happened if they weren't at the track. What are you missing out on? It could be spectacular. As Christians, it is becoming harder for us to be bold in our faith. Government and schools tell us that there are times when it's not appropriate to share. The Bible tells us to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. You wouldn't tell somebody 
someone about your new running shoes if the person you're talking to was in a hurry to pick up their child from an event. There is a time and a place for all conversation. Certainly, there are times when it's not appropriate to talk religion in any context. But if you spent time in prayer asking the Holy Spirit to give you an opportunity to share Christ with someone, you will find an opportunity to do so. The question is, are you going to drive the bus when the opportunity arises? Are you going to speak boldly when the time comes? What opportunities are you missing because you can't drive the bus? Do you really want to run a half marathon, but you're afraid of the training? What hard thing do you need to tackle? It's time to grab the keys and start driving. Don't wait. Do it today. That's a great story, Dean. (laughs) I got to say right now, we haven't talked about this on here. So you are officially retired that is correct. From college coach. I don't think we've talked about this on this podcast. But no, I did. Congratulations. On Thursday night. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, well, thank you. Thank you. Um, you uh, you definitely made a difference at that school with those girls. I mean, it's been fun to watch you because you, you started as, as helping at the high school. Then you became the high school coach. Then you became the college coach. And... Uh, it's been fun to watch it. Yeah. Kind of yeah. from the sidelines. So it, it was fun to do and it was certainly something I learned an awful lot yeah. doing it. And so I'm I'm definitely thankful for the opportunity. Yeah. But I'm also glad that I'm done with it. Um, <laughs> it was a lot more time than you thought it was gonna be. It was. And yeah. yesterday I remember I, <laughs> um, I was going to bed. Tuesday night. You know how how my schedule has been. I always spend Wednesday at the college. Right. Right. So this this past Wednesday was the first time I wasn't going to the college. Yeah, and so I, I told Debbie on Tuesday night. I said, "You know what? I don't have to do anymore." <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought this is going to be great. I'm going to have time to get stuff done. Yeah. And it's going to be and and I re- it really was a lot of time. But then I spent <laughs> I spent the entire day making an eight minute video. <laughs> For Run Club, by the way. For Run Club. Yeah. Yes, for Run Club. It was good that I was able to do it, and I learned a whole lot of what not to do while I was doing it. <laughs> well, you got to have those days. Well, yeah, it was definitely good. It was definitely, it was it was constructive. Sure. But it was also dreadfully irritating at the same time. So, <laughs> well, uh, you, and te- you and technology just don't, gee, oh. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, I get it, right? Eventually, yeah. I get it. Sometimes. But, yeah. <laughs> Just like before this podcast, you were like, oh, I think I'm going to try something different. And I said, man, you make me nervous. <laughs> but you always figure it out. So figure it out, yeah. I've, sure. I've, learned to, I've learned to just say, me and Dean just do things differently. <laughs> uh, I couldn't help but think about the time. You remember we had an athlete one time who decided she came to practice, but she decided she wasn't going to run. She was in jeans. Mm-hmm. And you were like, you need to run. Mm-hmm. And they were doing a mile time, time trial. Mm-hmm. And you talked her into running. I didn't talk her into running. I made her mad. You made, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I, she, I forget what, I forget exactly what I, yeah, she showed up and she just decided she wasn't going to run that day. Yeah. And that is no bueno with me. <laughs> and I said, you need to get out here on this track and you need to run. And she said, I got blue jeans on. I said, I don't care. I mean, I was pretty pithy about it because yeah. I was kind of upset and she was kind of standoffish against me and I was like, you're running. And uh, she was so mad at me that she ran a PR for the mile yeah. in blue jeans. Yep. yep. And, yeah, I still talk about that story. That, that was yeah. great. That was a great she, story. Uh, and how funny. many times do we have we done stuff that 
you, you know that don't fit the, the the place or the location and just do it because we need to and you know this weekend uh saturday i'm going to go down to the the sectionals track meet down in columbus georgia it's over three hour drive away and I'm going to drive all the way down there. Well, while I'm down there, I'm going to find a place to run. Mm-hmm. I, right now, I don't. I don't even know where it is. I don't know what the the area around there looks like. But you know, there's a road. But I do know there's a road because I have to drive on it to get there. Yeah, and I will be uh, carrying running clothes with me, and I will find a place to run. Now, I, I, sometimes when I have to find a place to run, it's not great. I remember going to Michigan one time. I drove to Michigan. It was like 10 o'clock at night when I got there. I still hadn't run. I needed to run. And I got there, and it was super foggy. It, there were no street lights. We were basically in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need to go for a run. And so I ran 100 laps or something like that around the hotel <laughs> because that's all I had. Yeah. And sometimes necessity is the mother of invention. Well, I've it's ran in, you know, I've ran in blue jeans before. Mm-hmm. On a because I had to get a run in and I, I didn't have time to get home, get changed. I've ran in um Crocs. Mm-hmm. I ran the college league one time and now I'll never do that again. <laughs> that was a mistake. Um Thunder, lightning, you know, I don't, I don't recommend. But yeah, I mean, so many times we, we, we try to find this doesn't fit exactly how we had it pictured, therefore we don't need to do it. Yep. And I think my personality lends itself to making those kind of excuses more than yours. Yeah. Because I'm such a planner and I'm like, oh, that didn't go as planned or my day didn't go as planned. I don't, but I've learned through the years, you just, got to get out and do it no matter if you're wearing blue jeans or you're wearing crocs or it's hot and humid you know you just got to get it done and that that's where i have become more like you through the years i think you've kind of come toward me on some other things for sure um but yeah you just got to do what you got to do i remember the time we had the, the college we had a college track meet down in mobile alabama and so we drive all the way down to Mobile. We spend the night there. We get up the next morning. We're having the track meet. We actually, they, they did one event. They did the 5K. Mm-hmm. And then it rained. And it looked like the rain was going to stop. And we we're about to get started again. As a matter of fact, they did start, I think, the 4 by 800 maybe. Mm-hmm. And then it started raining again. They stopped it in the middle of the event. Pulled everybody off the track. They had lightning. And we, we waited and we waited. And they finally decided we got to call the track meet off. So we drove all that way, and then we couldn't have our track meet. And of course, at that point in time, all the girls kind of let their. They were like, "Okay, we're just not. We're not. We're just going to drive home." And we just kind of missed out on the weekend. And I was like, "I remember this story." No, no, no. We're not done. What are you talking about? So, and I told them, I said, "We're going to stop on the way home. We're going to find a track, and we're going to run a fifteen hundred meter race for all of those that didn't run the five k this morning." And sure enough, we found a track on the way home. And I remember they were they were so mad. They were like, I, "What what are we doing?" I'm like, "We're we trained and peaked for mm-hmm. a track meet. Mm-hmm. We need to run a race." Mm-hmm. And so we're going to run a race. And so we got everybody. I told them, I said, "You got 45 minutes to warm up, or however long it was." And they they got warmed up. They all got to the starting line and said, "We're going to start at X time." They got there to the starting line. They're all wearing training shoes. Mm-hmm. And I remember I looked at them and I said, what are you doing? This is your Sarah J moment. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what are you doing? They said, what are you talking about? And I said, where are your spikes? 
Why do you not have racing shoes on? This is a race. This is serious. I want you to take this just as seriously as you would a race. Yeah. Now, go back to the bus, get your spikes on, and get back down here in 10 minutes. This is a track meet with a team of one. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, they did. They got back down there. They wouldn't even, they wouldn't look at me, let alone talk to me. <laughs> they got on the line. They took off. All but one of them ran a PR that day. They were running mad. They were. It's yeah. funny how you can get somebody angry. It's the same thing as Sarah J. Yeah. You know, that, you, well, I, you know, one thing, talking about retiring, you know, I, we used to coach the junior triathlon team, and one thing I still wear is a badge of honor. Never one time, not one, did we cancel practice yeah. for anything. Yep. One time... We were trying to get a practice in mid-afternoon, and it started thundering and lightning. And I told everybody to leave and come back at like 7 o'clock that night. Mm-hmm. And because, I mean, I, I like to think that those kids now who are young adults, I mean, we got another one that just had a baby. Gosh, they're getting so big. and um, But they're adults now. And I my hope is that that level of... No excuse. Mm-hmm. Will benefit. I know it benefited me. Yep. Um, that that helped because there were days that I didn't want to go to those practices. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, twelve degrees and snowing outside, and we're swimming outside, albeit in a heated pool. But you get out of the pool and your feet stick to the concrete. But it, we need to be the same way with our with our clap time in the morning. Everything we do. No excuses. Maybe maybe something prevents you from doing it in the morning. But we don't need to put God in that 15-minute block in the morning. He put him in at lunch, wherever. You know, yep. don't don't make excuses. Don't use the excuse why I just didn't get my quiet time in. And I'm not throwing stones because I do it all the time. Sure. But, we, yeah, we need to learn something from these stories. Grab the keys and, and drive, drive the, the bus. bus. While you are working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We have partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Mitchell, Lane, Holly, me, and others that you hear on the Run Club podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run for God playlist now at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. Every week, I share a reason why running and walking is so awesome, and this is my reason this week. We can always chase PRs. Now, chasing a PR depends on how you define PR, right? When you're young, it seems like you can always get better in every race is an opportunity for a PR. If you're new to running, almost every race is an opportunity for a new PR. But if you're like me, you've been running. I'm 57 years old. I've been running forever. Um, I can't run my fastest time ever, but you know what I can do? I can run my fastest 57-year-old time. <laughs> that's, that's why we have age groups. That's exactly right. And yeah. so you can always challenge yourself with a PR, and you can define PR however you want to define sure. So, <laughs> Well, did you see where Mark Zuckerberg ran a 1934 5K recently? I didn't, but that is... That's impressive, isn't it? I mean, that's a- no, I mean, there, there's a there's a prime example. 
you know, all the people that say I'm too busy. Mark Zuckerberg is a pretty busy guy. I mean, he's kind of running a little bitty company called Facebook, but he obviously puts a lot of training in too. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. He had to be doing a little Good bit of Good for running. him. Yeah, for sure. We had this crazy thing that happened at a Florida high school track meet this week. So let me set this up. So you, you got this distance runner, and he had run the 3,200 meters early in the morning. 3,200 meters is a two-mile. He had run 953. He, this was a – I don't know if it's called regionals, sectionals, whatever it's called, but it was one of those meets where you have to get a certain place and to move on to the state meet. And apparently – after he ran this 3,200, he ran an 800, mm-hmm. and his PR was 157. He ran 211, and the coach didn't much like that. Mm-hmm. The coach felt like he didn't put a full faith and effort into that 800. So they're about to run a little bit later. They're about to run the 1,600, which is the mile. And his head coach walks up to the line and then points at his athlete. You can't hear any of the discussion, but he's basically telling his athlete, you're, you're DQ'd from this race. You can't run this race. And the distance coach comes over because he's not the distance coach. He's the head coach. And they have some words. And it, To make a long story short, the head coach decides this kid is DQ'd from this, this race. He's not. And he gets – they start. He runs the race anyway. And – and I think he finished in the top two or three, so he, he qualified for the for the state meet in, in whatever it was that he was doing and what he was trying to do. Now, here's the question, though. Obviously, the coach doing this and making a spectacle in front of a bunch of people not a good idea mm-hmm. for sure. There's say no, that from the outset. Yes, there's no question about that. But is it appropriate for? the coach to pull the athlete out of a race because he didn't give his full effort. I thought a lot about this when I read this, and I, I, I think there's just so many things we don't know about That's this true. story. But if – because you know how I am about mm-hmm. racing. You know, if, if you're – I don't like it because I don't like the excuse that people can use at the end. Well, I just didn't. I had another race coming up, so I just ran it. I, if you're going to race, race. Yeah. Give it 100% or don't even get it to the starting line. Now, with that said, I understand qualifying. I understand all that. So I, 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 I say two things here. One, if the athlete took it on himself to make that decision, then yes, the coach was probably just for just pulling him out. Um I think what probably should have happened was there should have been a conversation before that meet ever started. Yeah. Because you know, if I mean, it's very common for people to run the 32, the 800, and the 1600. That's mm-hmm. very common for distance runners. Well, you know, if that athlete is trying to qualify for all three, there may be some strategy. Right. So it seemed like it may have just been a breakdown all the way around, or maybe it wasn't. Maybe the coach said, you need to hammer all three because you got to remember track is all about points. That's right. So you're, it's not only just you, you're getting points for the whole team. Maybe there was, they didn't get the points that needed it in that 800. And if he had run it at his PR, they would have got the points. So there's a lot of things. I think it was a breakdown in communication. Yeah, looks that way. But maybe there was communication, and the kid took it on himself to say, thumb his nose at the coach and say, no, I'm just doing enough because it's all about me. Mm-hmm. If that was the posture, 
then yeah, he would. That makes it. He should have pulled him out. Yeah, yeah. It really does depend on a lot, yeah. of, a lot of questions that we don't have the answers to. Here's the other thing about this: this kid was a senior, so it's his last track season. So I wonder, do you think that makes any difference in what you do in that case? No, no, no because I think it still comes down to. There should have been a plan in place. Yeah. And maybe there was, and the kid just yeah. ignored the plan. There yeah. again, that, we don't know those facts. Yeah. Well, I go back and forth on these things, but mainly because I, I see athletics as one of the few remaining places that we have left in society, where, particularly for kids, where we hold kids accountable to doing hard things. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think it's important, and that's one of the, the most important lesson I think, as coaches, that we teach young athletes is no excuses, make a plan, follow the plan, put in your full faith and effort into everything that you do, and do it right. Mm-hmm. And so... And sometimes doing that We've talked about this a lot. Sometimes doing that doesn't make sense physically. We've talked about these workouts where kids will argue with us, and they'll be like, you're asking me to do this workout, and I just did this workout yesterday. And how many times – we used to call them character builders. Mm -hmm. And because sometimes it doesn't make physical sense, but it makes a whole lot of mental sense because we're trying to – teach these kids to get through something yeah and that may have been what was going on i don't i don't know but well, i can see there's there's a lot of sides to this story. there are there yeah. are and it's a, it's an interesting thought that uh yeah that y- again you don't know where it is but it, it leaves uh lots of discussion yeah about the whole and the way thing. i've always been about races if you know Lane and i've had this conversation before and um you know, he's had coaches say, well, go run that race, but just run it at 70%. And my argument is, then just go do a, a run at 70%. Don't show, don't, yeah. A race is a race. Yeah. And that's the way I look because at you it. don't, what I don't like is, and, and Lane's never really done that. Uh, mm-hmm. There's only been one instance, and uh, he ran the race all out. But what you don't want is, like most local races, Lane shows up and he could beat most anybody there. Just like you show up, and you could beat most anybody there. Well, you don't. You're not going to show up to a race and run seventy percent, and somebody beats you, and then you're like, "Well, I was only running seventy yeah. percent." I know you would never say that, but you don't want to. You don't. The perception everybody knows Dean could beat that guy. You don't want to do that to that person. That's right. You know, that person that won, that's so unsatisfying knowing well Dean was here and he just if he would have ran that That's yeah, true. That's good. that's kind of my thinking behind it. Good good point. All right, well how about a trivia question for this week? This is the trivia question. There is a marathon that requires you to climb five thousand one hundred and sixty four steps. What marathon is it? That's not, something you, not, yeah, that's not something you see in a lot of marathon no. steps. But there is, there are some steps in this particular marathon. So what marathon is that? I mean, that's like three-quarters of a mile. That's a lot. High in steps. That's high. Yeah. So if you know the answer to that, send that to dean at runforgod.com. If you're the first person to get that to me, then you will win $20 off in the Run For God store. So... 
Answer that question. And we'll leave you with this motivational thought of the week. I like this one. There's no attribution here, but the comment is, a comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing ever grows there. I love that. We have a T-shirt that says, find your comfort zone and leave it. Yep. And it's got the Joshua 1-9 on there. So if you want that T-shirt, go to the Run for God store and check that out. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that sentiment. It's okay to like your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. It's okay to enjoy your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But you just can't stay there all the time. Yeah. All right. 164 episodes down. Go out there and rate the podcast. Do a review. Share it. Share Post it. it all, all the things. All that. Yeah, that's right. And until next week, may God bless every step of every run and or walk. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.